0: Hey Hound Dogs, I'm David Hankins, and I'm Paul Hankins, and you're on the air with Power Squared. Um, tonight, we have a special guest, Paige Redbird, uh, Hello. who was the colorist on three of our issues. Ta-da. And we thought we'd have you on the show to talk about your experience with Power Squared and what you're up to now, etc. Oh,
1: my cat is saying hello as well. <laughs> oh, that's okay.
0: What's the cat's name? <laughs>
1: Her name is Death. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> it started as a joke, and then it stuck. <laughs> okay. So she is Death the Cat.
0: So uh, let's talk a little bit. Well, um, I guess we should mention that, yeah, we met you through doing the comic book, and this is the first time we've actually ever seen you in person.
1: I know. It's kind of fun.
0: Yeah. Um, and we, uh, you started, you worked for us back in 2017. Seems like a long time ago now.
1: I know, it seems ages ago. Yeah.
0: Um,
1: how did you find out about the the gig? Uh, you guys, I think, reached out to me. I'm trying to remember how that came about. I think I had posted um, some of my content either on linkedin or one of those like online portfolio sites um and i also went to scad and i think one of your previous colorists went to scad and so i think probably through the yeah. inevitable scad grapevine we ended up <laughs> connecting somehow yeah um and you guys were my first um comic gig outside of college which was kind of fun because i was my major at scad was right. doing comics
0: um yeah our previous uh, colorist was lisa richards
1: Yes, that's what it was. Lisa Lisa passed the gig along. Lisa was my roommate. Oh,
0: OK. See. So yeah. that's,
1: that's what it was. Yeah, Lisa knew that they, and, and I think they go by Leo now. So Leo knew that he was leaving
0: yeah. Oh, okay.
1: and um, uh, had passed the gig along to me, knowing that I did sequential art as well. Um, and that's how I got to meet you guys. That's okay. right. I totally forgot that it was through them.
0: All right. OK, um, so um, I kind of feel like uh, with Lisa, Leo, oh and uh, you and Nina. Uh, Who Nina? Did you know Nina Gaylord at all? I don't know that I did. No. Okay. And uh, she was our colorist after you, all through all oh, though, nice. through Scad, and then uh, you were helpful in finding Rachel Wells, who's our our artist. Oh, good. Um, and I know because uh, we were all sort of by issue five. You had done a lot of, uh, I want to say art correction for us as, as yes. time went on. And we <laughs> I all, got to
1: learn how to draw cars. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> and uh, we were, I think we would all, the three of us had decided that we needed a new artist. And so that's kind of, you helped us find Rachel who's still with us. So that's awesome. Yeah. She's, she's up on, we're working on issue 21 at the moment.
1: God, that's so amazing. That's so crazy.
0: Yeah. So uh, we were your first gig outside of That's uh, uh, after SCAD.
1: Yeah, I majored in sequential art. So basically any art that goes in a sequence. So not only comics, but like storyboarding and that sort of thing. Um, And I had had actually decided like my junior year that I didn't want to pursue comics. (laughs) um, Because as I'm sure you guys know, the industry is a little bit nuts. Yeah. Um, It's very challenging. To break into, and I was like, man, I don't know if this is what I want to do. But then you guys contacted me and it popped up, and I liked coloring and it was a good thing to practice. And so I was like, sure, why not? Um, and we had just moved, I had just moved back to the West Coast and had a new apartment and just like trying to figure things out. And so it just kind of it worked out really nicely. It was my first like foray into like working from home and having an art job. And it was pretty <laughs> cool. I felt very special. Oh, okay. good.
0: Um, I,
1: I kind of feel like,
0: uh, uh, I can't <laughs> Yeah,
1: sorry. She, uh, that's okay. She, she thinks it's dinner time, but she doesn't get dinner for three hours. Uh, well, so she's that hoping means, that she could. Yeah, know. that means she's being extremely charming right now. Okay.
0: Uh, cause, um, I guess Leo and you and then Nina, after they work for us, st- I don't think did any more sequential art. So I don't know if we like ruined you guys. (laughs) And
1: I'm sure that has has nothing to do with you and everything to do with just the crazy nature of being a freelance uh, creator and trying to to survive. You guys were really great and supportive and paid really well, but not every freelance comic job does that, unfortunately.
0: Yeah. Well, that'd be so special. Uh, (laughs) So how did you decide on going to SCAD?
1: Oh, boy. I applied to a whole bunch of different colleges and actually got accepted to all of them, but it was really a big issue of financial aid because, you know, none of us are made of money. Um, And I thought I wanted to do the... Like liberal arts super academic thing, yeah. um, but none of those colleges wanted to give me enough money, so I was like, screw it, I'm gonna go live on an island and make swords! And my mom was like, can you look at like art school or something? <laughs> and I was like, fine, and my friend and I went and toured SCAD and totally fell in love with Savannah um, and ended up going with that because they happened to give me enough funds to go. Um, I'm really glad that I did. I made a lot of obviously really great connections Um, and learned a ton, even though it's not what I'm choosing to pursue directly what I learned there, I still utilize a ton of what I learned all the time.
0: Um, did you, so drawing comics was not a a first love of yours?
1: it was originally i used to love drawing a ton i used to really really think that comics was what i wanted to do i actually started as cat as a game design major and then switched to comics because i was working in the sequential art department um and they kind of drew me in with their little sequential art clause <laughs> um, and i loved i loved the major i it was more just the industry that i was not was really turned off by and and how um just challenging it is it's a really difficult industry publishing is really difficult and there's like this huge divide between indie comics and like mainstream comics like Marvel and DC and that whole thing um like and I was money, just like you no know. <laughs> yeah, yeah exactly yeah and it's really tough and also just like the way that some places will let you keep ownership over your art and then other places won't and then like the payment process like some places will just give you a stipend and then you have to survive off of that for like two or three years and it was just like it just seemed it just seemed a little um not ideal and also i spent a lot of time i was really lucky because i worked in the sequential art department i spent a lot of time um getting to interact with and see the work of the grad students in the sequential art department and that really gave me the like the taste of how much you have to draw to really get to the skill level that i wanted to be at to pursue comics and i sat down and i went i don't actually like drawing that much <laughs> <laughs> i was like i like it as a hobby and something that i do sometimes but i don't want it like these people were amazing they would just draw and draw and draw and practice and practice and practice and i was finding myself trying to finish comics so that i could do other stuff and i still liked the process and like every once in a while my brain's like what if you made a comic? Wouldn't that be so fun? And I'm like, you think it's fun, but just wait. Like, There's a lot more into it. Um, so I think it was mostly just realizing that while I loved drawing, I didn't love drawing. Right. Um, and there were kind of other things that I was wanting to put my time into. Um, but I was really glad that I got the chance to do some like coloring work with you guys. I remember the first the first page I colored for you guys took me like five hours. It took so long because I'd never like professionally colored someone else's pages. And then I think by the end of it, I was doing a page in an hour, like yeah. <laughs> tops. It was just it was cool to see that that growth because I remember doing that first page and going, oh, no, what have I done? <laughs> um but it worked out it worked out just fine i was able to pick it up and learn it and and gain a new skill which has helped me a lot okay oh, um i i i spent a lot of time on your
0: linkedin and uh, trying to you know get a little bit learn some stuff about you yeah uh, i've done a
1: couple of things yeah you've,
0: you've done a lot of things um <laughs> before you got into uh, uh scad uh you were um what is it You're, you're kind of have you always sort of been into props i guess
1: yeah uh i like to say that i started getting into props making and cosplay when i was old enough to make a sword out of duct tape and a yardstick um so i've always 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 for my entire life have liked making costumes and like cool swords and like stuff to hold on to so that was actually what i landed on once i decided um that comics was not going to be the thing that i actively pursued because i was like well what am i what am i into besides drawing what do i like what am i trying to spend all my time on it was like well I'm staying up until one o'clock in the morning every night, browsing Instagram and looking at cosplayers and prop makers and like people who do this as a job. And I was like, maybe that's what I want to do. So I started taking on like prop and cosplay commissions and kind of doing that on the side, um, which I was still doing on the side when I was coloring for you guys. I think at one point when I was in Portland, I had like four jobs. (laughs) And I went, I need to pare this down. (laughs) Um, But yeah, so I was doing like commissions and making stuff out of foam and going to Inventions. It was really fun, but it was also a lot of work. Yeah, yeah. I can imagine.
0: So you worked for uh, uh, other prop makers.
1: Yeah, um, I actually happened to meet Bill Duran, um, who's kind of the foamsmith guys, the the one of the big names in in prop and cosplay, um, because I ran a convention in Savannah for three years, SwarmCon, right. right. which used to be a thing, and then it died, and then a friend of mine wanted to pick it back up, and I volunteered to help him as the the co-director, um, and that was really cool, but we had grown enough I think by our third year that we could fly somebody out as like a special guest and like put them up in a hotel and we picked bill because he was like well known in the cosplay community um and he came out and we weren't a hot mess and we like took care of everything like we said we would and and weren't just total crazy bonkers people and so he remembered me (laughs) and you know months years later in like October of, I think it was a little earlier than that. It might have been like September of like 20, I don't know, 17 or 2018. Uh-huh. Out of the blue, I get a text message like, "Hey, Paige, it's Bill Duran," and I was like, "Oh my God, what is happening?" <laughs> and he needed help. They wanted to expand their business, and he remembered that I wasn't insane and my convention was not a mess, and so um, I was able to to start working with them. That's how I ended up. I'm in Washington now, so. Um, moved up here to, to help them. I worked with them for like four years, four and a half years, um, which was super cool, learned a lot. Worked with another small independently owned um, couple prop companies also here in Washington. And then through this weird twist of fate, I actually ended up getting laid off because that's the nature of a small cell phone business is sometimes you have to cut expenses and sometimes that expense is an employee. Right. Um, but it ended up working out really well because I, instead of trying to find a, a real person job, quote unquote, um, <laughs> I am now fully self-employed with my leatherworking business that I started last year um, and have been for like a week and a half. <laughs> 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 um, it, it's super new, but it's been really fun and I'm enjoying it a lot. That was good.
0: Um, so uh, what made you get into leather? I, I read that you you went to a lot of, uh, you know, Renaissance fairs and that kind of thing yes. as a kid
1: yeah i'm a big fantasy nerd love ren Faire, love lord of the rings all that stuff um so i've always kind of liked the look of leather and have always wanted to learn it but was intimidated by like oh but it's so expensive and ah oh, you know i can't i don't know how to do it and blah 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 um but i'm a big uh, a big forever student of youtube university and um, <laughs> i've learned a lot just by kind of passively consuming a lot of YouTube content and eventually I hit a point where ironically was rushing for a con and leather turned out to be the faster option. (laughs) I had some on hand. It required less work to prep and finish than foam did. So I was like, screw it. I'll just try leather. You know, I've always wanted to. I totally winged it. I didn't really know what I was doing and it turned out great. Um, And I really liked working with it. It was kind of like foam, but to me, it felt even easier. Like it just made a lot of sense to me. Um, And then I barely touched it for like a year (laughs) Uh, and then decided that I liked it so much that I was going to just dive in and, and you know keep working with it. And I don't really understand how one became the other, to be honest with you. But somehow now I'm sitting here with like, I don't know, five rolls of leather in my house and a whole little studio. We're sitting in my little studio section of my apartment right now. Um, I've been considering going downstairs and introducing myself to our downstairs neighbors just in case it turns into a hammering nightmare. But I think I have enough padding that it's fine. But yeah, I've just always liked it and just happened to have some and then used it and saw enough YouTube tutorials that I was like, oh, this makes sense. And I can't stop. (laughs) I'm just stuck. So how do you get uh, work? Um, it's primarily through my Instagram and word of mouth since I started my Instagram in like 2014 I've gained Over 4,500 followers totally organically. I've never done any paid advertising or anything um And I run an etsy page um, that is kind of my main source of income where I have both handmade pieces, and then also digital patterns because I want to help people get into leather working. Um, Like right now, I kind of really started actively pushing my store like last week and I have four bags to make, a switch case, some custom armor pieces and a book. (laughs) I don't really know how that works. Some of it's from friends and then I post about it and then people go, wow, that's cool. Um, the other big thing that I do is because I'm, I'm Cherokee, so I make um, traditional Cherokee pucker-toe moccasins. Um, so I also have kind of a, a niche in the indigenous community where people will be like, "Hey, I need moccasins," then I, I make those too. Oh. Um, but yeah, it's 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 entirely organic. It's entirely word of mouth and reviews right now. Um, I have not spent a penny on well, except for what Etsy takes for me in Bel- <laughs> <laughs> for offset ads. No, um, I personally have not intentionally decided <laughs> to um, do any paid advertising. So for now, um, that is. Um, what is working for me to get orders and like when I go places I tend to try to include um, leather in my costume work so like I just made last I guess it's not that recently now Uh, (laughs) June-ish I finished um, a piece that had like this whole leather um, corset thing and like bracers I made my own shoes which was Insane, I don't know what possessed me. It was really cool, but I'm, I'm like looking back at it, I'm like, I don't know what happened. I suddenly had shoes, um, but I tried to make leather pieces that is part of my costumes always so that when i go places and people go wow that's so cool i can go thanks i made it and like yeah. hand them my card <laughs> um, so we're walking
0: advertising
1: yes exactly um and also i get to try to make lots of different stuff you know, every time i try to make a costume i'm like where can i put leather into this <laughs> it's <just so> fun. <laughs> um and it's just a it's a unique material that not everybody uses for costuming i think because there's a perceived it's not perceived it's it's an honest financial wall but if you slowly gather things over time, it actually becomes a lot more manageable than than one thinks. But uh, too long, didn't read. I just really like it. And uh, I just talk about it and post about it a lot. And people seem to be into it. That's, <laughs> That's currently how I'm getting orders. Um, I also launched a Patreon uh, last week. So I have a few people in there so far. Do they get leather um, goods if they... Uh, they get first access to commission slots so I think I haven't fully worked it out but I think I'll probably do like one or two commissions per month but they get to ch- they get access first if if someone that is a patron uh-huh. wants a commission they will get first access but if nobody there wants one then I open up to the greater internet at large. Right. Um, but they also get like pictures of my cats i do monthly articles about leather working and kind of leather in general um i do sketchbook page drops because i design a lot of my own stuff and kind of the main thing too is they get monthly digital pattern drops Um, so people who are supporting me monthly every month will get a free three um, digital pattern um, that I have designed. So they could learn how to do leather by... Right, because I really want to support, yeah, I want, sometimes you can get the materials and the tools, but actually starting a project can be really intimidating, and a lot of the things that helped me was wanting a specific thing, Um, and so I like to try to provide that opportunity for people. That's how I got into cosplay a lot of the time was, was through people's templates and like having that extra little step to to jump into it. And uh working with Bill and Britt was largely them, you know, they do tutorial videos. And so I, I really like that spirit of inviting more people in rather than trying to like safeguard uh yeah in uh secrets for your industry or whatever. <sighs> um I think I think learning and helping people to find something that they really like is is much more worthwhile in yeah. my opinion
0: so how, I, and I try you know get a, a fixed price but like how, what's the range of a commission
1: it totally depends on the commission but like on my store page for example I have digital patterns for as low as like five dollars to as high as like I have a pack of several different patterns and that's 80 bucks. Um, my most expensive item is a backpack that I designed. I don't know, are we on like camera camera or are we icons? I don't know if people We're can see things camera. that I camera. show it. Okay, cool. Hold yeah, on. If you want to show
0: something, go ahead. <laughs> so this
1: was a backpack that I designed. Oh yeah, I saw that on your... Yeah, this yeah, is my really cool. leaf pack. It's yeah. part of my Druid collection. Um, and I designed and made this whole thing from scratch. And so this is the most expensive item that people can buy from my store. It's four fifty, dollars wow. But it's also completely handmade. All the stitching is done by hand. All the tooling is done by hand. You know, it's all fabric lined and has little pockets on the inside and everything. Um, it holds at least two bottles of wine. I checked. <laughs> <laughs> um, but then I also have things like a switch case is like $100. Or um, I have a little... Um, dice pouch that I think I have for like 20 or something. So it really varies um, It depends on how much Work the thing takes and also just how much physical leather the thing takes and then also how long it took me to develop the the pattern and the design of it because pretty much um no, yeah, everything in my store is something that I have developed myself from scratch. It, none of it is based on, you know, someone else's pattern or anything like that. So that takes a lot of time. Um, I think it took me a month or longer to work out this backpack pattern. You know, I made it from, like, grocery bags and, like, cut and trimmed and kind of figured it out and everything. But um, that was, like, the first major thing I made when I started my business because I know how to start small, apparently. <laughs> um, but yeah, so it, it really depends. and like leatherwork is expensive and it's more expensive if it's handmade, if it's hand stitched versus machine stitched, because that's what takes up so much time, right Because um, time is that that really critical factor in terms of pricing a project. Um, but yeah, anywhere from, I mean, there's the, I think the cheapest thing on my store is five dollars and the most expensive thing is four fifty. so it just, it runs the full the full gamut and it really depends on um, what. The person wants and how much um, detail they want or how much customization they want. Um, people can always come in and be like, "Hey, I want you know this sixty-dollar bracer, but make it like pink with rainbows on it." And I'd be like, "You got it." You know, changing colors is is much simpler than um, carving a different design or making a, a major kind of shape change type okay. thing. Um, I think the armor pieces i'm making like a collar and some bracers and like a waist piece for my friend and that was like 300 altogether um but i'm doing this like super detailed thing and she was kind of like here do it and i was like okay so yeah it it unhelpfully but it it really varies just depending on um the piece the complexity and uh whether or not it's something i already have a pattern for too
0: okay um i wanted to talk a little bit about you were also um i guess in college a singer in a band
1: Oh yeah, I did do that. <laughs> <laughs> that was a very short stint, but yeah, my friend and I and our other friends started a band. We called it Standpoint Theory because we were super intellectual. <laughs> um, was and in college, yeah, yep, yeah, yeah. And it was kind of a metal thing. It was really fun. It was cool. It was my first experience like professionally performing and recording a song. I only I only recorded. Two songs with them, uh, and then was like, I have a lot of homework, and and you guys like are talking about maybe going on tour, and if this like goes somewhere, and I was like, I'm not, this is, I just wanted to do this for fun. I'm, I'm, one. but it was a really fun experience while I was doing it. Um, totally random. <laughs> uh, we all loved music, and I have been singing on and off for forever because I started in like middle school. Um, but then I had to kind of choose between choir and art because of how classes worked. So yeah. I, I ended up pursuing art more so, but I do really like singing. Um, but yeah, no, that was a fun, that was a super fun, random, <laughs> random little thing that I did. Um, I think, I don't know if they ever put anything on Spotify. I think they are on SoundCloud. So if you look for standpoint theory, two words, they might be on there.
0: I actually um, found the song, one of the songs that featured you on it. So, oh,
1: nice. Yeah yeah. 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 So It is out there. Yeah, you can you can find it. It's there. You'll know when it's me. <laughs> it's very often Yeah. I'm the one uh, yeah I'm the one not doing harsh vocals. Yeah.
0: yeah, I was like, oh this is heavy
1: metal then. Okay. <laughs> I wish I could do harsh vocals, I don't figure it out. Yeah. But yeah, yeah, no, that was super fun.
0: Um and you talked before about SwarmCon that you were the co director of. Um how'd you start your own con?
1: It it was something that had existed. Previously, like prior years to us, it was it was created by SCAD students and then kind of fell to the wayside when they left and graduated. um And my friend Lawrence hosted a meeting at one point because he was interested in bringing Swarton con back because there's no local Savannah convention, which is kind of crazy because it's a huge art city. Yeah, yeah. Also, awesome um, they have a so big the, art
0: college right there. Yeah,
1: exactly. Yeah, and the closest con kind of city, major city that you could go to was Atlanta, which is three hours away. Um, and especially being an art town and an art college, um and having artist alleys be such a major component of cons, we were like, this we need a closer con. We should we should bring this back. And I went because I was vaguely interested. and Lawrence kind of talked about, you know, the con and kind of what he wanted out of it and was like, I'm really looking for a co-director to help me run this thing. And I had this moment where I was like, if I don't raise my hand right now and do this, it's gonna be crazy like it's going to be just a totally different experience and so i was like okay this is the thing i should do and i did it for three years and it was really awesome but we basically out of our own pockets it was four students including myself we funded this con we managed to get a hotel ballroom half off because we were very charming uh the first year and set up an artist alley had volunteers had panels um, had local businesses, have booths and everything. And we managed to increase our attendance every year by like 200%. Um, I think we started with like a hundred something and ended the year at like, I don't know, five, 600, maybe even 800. I don't remember what the t- highest number was at that that last year, but um, it was a huge increase. And like, we were able to book a convention center by the third year. Um, it was really cool. We had consistent cosplayers, we had panels and all kinds of stuff. And it was just a really fascinating experience in organizing right, and right. communicating and um you know we tried to get funding from local places but because it was just this random student funded thing nobody wanted to give us money which is totally fair and we were like fine we'll do it ourselves uh-huh. you know we just did a tiny bit of fundraising threw some of our own money in and, and it just worked somehow i don't i don't know but um did they still do it we or- were no sadly we all of us were seniors and so we did it for three years and then all of us graduated and kind of flew off into the the nine nine wins and um we handed it off um and offered to give them kind of the funds that we had raised so that they could kind of keep going but they wanted to raise stuff themselves and so we donated um what we had left i think it went to planned parenthood it might one of some of them might have gone to aclu and i think one went to like a trans a trans home or something like that i don't remember off the top of my head but mm-hmm. um it should be on the SwarmCon page i think we did a little summary but yeah so they ended up just not able to keep it running which was a really big bummer but um it was really a cool thing to do and i think i hope savannah appreciated it because i know we really did it was it was a fun thing to do um,
0: you mentioned earlier about your her- your uh, Cherokee heritage. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I remember I happened to catch you had done a podcast. I don't know if you're still doing it or not. You did a podcast for a while <laughs> about it.
1: Okay. So my little sister and I wanted to start a podcast. We called it Booger Sisters because in the Cherokee culture, a booger is like a kind of a caricature. Sometimes they were not great like sometimes they were kind of racist but the premise of them was that they were kind of a caricature that people would take on by wearing a mask and they would harass the whole community and then at the end of the day they would be danced and kind of chased away and it was sort of like a protection against things that were dangerous and a way to sort of do stress relief and um, just be kind of banishing things that are dangerous and unsafe. Like a lot of times they were carved in the shape of like white settlers and things like that. Um, But so we wanted to create a podcast kind of documenting our experience of decolonizing and learning about our heritage because we didn't grow up with other Cherokees at all. We grew up on the clear other side of the United States and didn't really feel like we had the resources to connect with that heritage properly until we were in college or later. Um, And we know that that's not uncommon because there's a lot of displacement in indigenous communities. Um, And so our premise was that we were kind of chasing away our own bookers and like figuring out um, our own sort of safe space and everything. We recorded and published one episode oh, yes, <laughs> and one then episode. and <laughs> then we recorded like four others and then just never edited them because both my sister and I are stupid busy and we we're always like, let's do this thing. It'll be really great. And then we're like, neither of us have time for this. <laughs> so Hopefully at some point, um, it, it is something I'd like to keep doing because we it was really fun to do and we talked about a lot of interesting topics. Um, and I I really want a podcast, but it's just the edit, time editing is um tough. We we do very little editing right yeah, yeah it's
0: pretty much just live. yeah
1: and that was kind of our goal too but every once in a while we would have a thing where it was like we need to cut that out and then you have to go like find it in this hour-long recording It was just like yeah. oh my god um leave it so yeah time. we yeah. just we just <laughs> never we just never got around to it but um yeah and maybe you know maybe the solution is that we don't edit as much and just kind of put it out there and, and worry about that later but um yeah we did record a few more episodes she's also now in dc and I'm in the other Washington, so <laughs> <laughs> um, we have time differences and all kinds of stuff that that conflicts. So it was a little difficult um, to get it to go, get it going. But um, it's definitely something I'd like to pick back up. I think about it a lot because I I I feel like it's very common for. Um, young indigenous people who grew up separated from their heritage to feel like they are super isolated and that they're the only one who doesn't know these things and that they have no connection to their people um and so it was very important to me to create something that said hey it's not just you we're doing this too it's silly and weird and awkward and upsetting and you can kind of come on this journey with us while we go through our rediscovery of our heritage and uh you can take part in that too so hopefully i can do that again at some point because it was really fun to work on even though on the front end nothing happened <laughs> we did record more episodes we had like a whole plan and everything but um the edit, we both loved recording it but then neither of us wanted to edit <laughs> no problem maybe we need an editor maybe that's the solution I think Maybe think you can find
0: those office. people out there but
1: yeah, I know they're they're available. It's it's the uh, the funds part that was a problem, I think. So yeah, that's why we we shall see. But...
0: my editor's right here. Editors. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, so uh, part of the reason I wanted to bring it up is uh, we hired you as Paige Camburn, and I believe now you're you want to be called Paige Redbird.
1: Yeah, my sort of public facing name is Paige Redbird. Redbird is my name. Um, I hesitate to call it like an Indian name because it's just my name. Um, But that is the name that my grandmother gave me when I was born. And so that's why all my branding has always been Redbird. Um, And if I could change it legally without it being a giant hassle, I would. (laughs) Um, But the process of having to change it everywhere is just the worst. Um, And I don't feel like dealing with it. Also, I don't know when I'm going to get married, but it'll probably be kind of soon at which point it feels like it would just be doing it all over again and then yeah so i just choose paid Redbird on on the, all the non-legal fronts is kind of is Good. how i i tend to go by yeah
0: we uh went back and updated the, the credit uh, where we remastered the uh this the comic books so that they were a little we, we the first five we were definitely learning what we were doing and they're wordy yeah. and all that so we yeah. kind of went back and rem- tried to make it better yeah we couldn't we couldn't uh, we do the artwork because it's real expensive, but the writing yep. part we could do. And uh, so yeah. we went back and so uh, on the remastered version, we changed the credit to be page Redbird. Just-
1: oh, thank you. I appreciate that. That's great. Yeah. That's great that you had the opportunity to do that. I need to do that with some of my digital patterns. I want to go back and kind of clean them up a little bit. We decided. It's to- hard to find the time to do it, though.
0: <laughs> we were well, we got approached to do this, I guess, last year. Uh, do this Kickstarter with Artith Merrick and they wanted to do the first. Five. We had already done the graphic novel, the first five issues, last uh, 2019. Yeah, and we're like, we were kind of like tired of the first five issues. Nothing to do with you, but <laughs> just you know, the artwork isn't. That's why you guys are how often we've been looking at it. <laughs> yeah, and yep. so they yep. went I know this. the feeling. Yeah, so they wanted to do this again. And we're like, okay, maybe we can make these better. You know, and so as we went back and like edited all the. Pretty much all the dialogue, yeah. <laughs> and you know, uh, didn't change what was going on, but just try to you know, mm-hmm. and uh, so yeah, we took the opportunity since we're we we decided to call ourselves the S R C C Press, you know, uh, 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 San Romero Community College Press. Nice. Yeah, and that's since, awesome. Yeah, and we we have uh, if people want to uh, follow us, they can they you can enroll at San Ramiro Community College. Yeah. Yeah. Um, That's fun. So, um, have you at all followed us since you left us?
1: I'm embarrassed to say that I have not, but I'm also just terrible at following anybody about anything ever. I, <laughs> I, I exist in my little costuming bubble and very rarely look outside of it. But I think I think I did see I feel like Leo or somebody else shared that you were on like comixology and a couple other things, which was super exciting. Um, but yeah, no, I haven't. I'm, I'm excited to hear updates, though. Okay. Uh, well, we're
0: actually, I don't think we're actually on Comixology anymore. Because they switched to be kind of Kindle. I wouldn't
1: be surprised if I'm way behind. <laughs> uh, well, they... Comixology is pronounced Kindle
0: now. Yeah, you know, they sort of became oh, more cool. and more Amazon. And Great. <laughs> I used to have on our website uh, in the campus store, keeping it with the theme, uh, were links to every issue where you can f- buy them. And I the links that I had to comicsology just took you to comixology. They, they they no longer let took you to our, our book. And Oh weird. Yeah. And I sort of looked at Comixology, the Amazon version of it, and I couldn't find our book anymore. I was like, well, thanks for (laughs) For (laughs) letting (laughs) us know. Yeah, Yeah, wow. (laughs) Uh, So we just just dropped all the links, and we're not going to be, we'll submit to Kindle because that's easy, but we're not going to talk about Comixology anymore. Um, That's also going to be like one less source to remember. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I feel (laughs)
1: that. I totally feel that.
0: (laughs) We're on several digital platforms and a couple of print. Version, uh print platforms uh, nothing that anybody would notice necessarily but uh, um, and then we're trying to hopefully that this uh, the idea behind this Kickstarter is to get it translated into French and then sell it in France and I assume Belgium as yeah a, that'd be a, awesome yeah. yeah so we're hoping that works out um, but you know, about so we've uh, yeah. So Rachel started on issue six, and she's been with us uh, ever ever since.
1: That's so great. I'm so glad that worked out. Yeah, it yeah. was
0: really good. And uh, she actually did a couple of the covers. I don't know if you remember that, but she we were already sort of looking for a replacement. So she did this cover, and she did this cover.
1: That's awesome. I'm looking at the site now, and I'm I'm surprised at how nostalgic I feel, even though I didn't even do that many episodes. <laughs> I'm like, oh, I remember coloring these guys. Yeah. I remember your specific shirt color and your specific <laughs> hair color. <laughs> it's funny the things that you remember randomly. Yeah. Yeah. Um,
0: I was. Um... So I just keep, we'll, we'll drop us in there. Every so, often. so if you if you're interested, we could send you. Uh, I'll you know I'll send you digital copies if you for free. Oh my
1: gosh! Of course, I'd love to see them. Okay. Yeah.
0: Um, just up to twelve. Whatever's been published. Um, one more. Th- uh, I noticed I, we asked people. So uh, I assume you haven't been doing a lot of cons in the last couple of years.
1: I have been trying to stay safe during the COVID a nightmare. I've gone to, I went to Emerald City last December. That was kind of my first um, sort of con since, really. Uh, Which is kind of nuts. And that was delightful. Um, I miss them a lot. Hello, it's still not dinner time. (laughs) Um, But yeah, no, I've been, I've just kind of been a hermit at home trying to do my part and, and keep people safe. Um, but, uh, yeah, no, I went to Emerald City and I'm hoping to go to more. I'm, I just bought flights tickets today to go to Star Wars Celebration, huh. um, in May in Anaheim. And I'm hoping to go to a few more cons this year, but we will see how the pandemic plays out. <laughs> yeah, we, we, It's hard to make long-term plans right now. Yeah. yeah.
0: You kind of think, oh, are we over it or not? You know. Um, so yeah. yeah, we went to uh, LA Comic Con. That was the first nice. thing we've been to in a couple. We had never been there. It was the first con we've been yeah, to. We went as, that's a big one to go to. Yeah, we went as guests or as a well, we're, we can not be, guests. Sorry, we, we paid to go to that, but we <laughs> because we have a comic book, we could be theoretically be professionals. So. Yeah, I meant to say we went as a, just regular yeah. attendees, and that uh, was the right word. <laughs> And we're hoping to go to Comic-Con again this year, but as attendees and not as professional attendees.
1: Yeah, yeah, that. yeah. That'd be awesome. Yeah. You guys should see if you can come out to Emerald City. Uh, That's a
0: flight and everything, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, the whole
1: thing. <laughs> yeah.
0: uh, the, you know, as much, as much as we're making on the comic book,
1: <laughs>
0: but maybe for the no reason.
1: What? There's a reason I didn't go into the comics industry. Yes, well,
0: <laughs> we, were, we had a guy on the show, uh, Don Wynn, who's an artist, and mm-hmm. uh, we actually he was a spe- the special guest, at, one of the special guests at LA Comic Con, and uh, uh, he was saying that you know yeah, it's you should do do cons and. The way he makes his money is he does commissions. While he's there,
1: like, well, yep. no one's going to ask us to write something for them. <laughs> you know, that's, that's, yeah, that's true. As a as a writer, it's a totally different experience. We thought we could do draw stuff for you, but you know, so.
0: yeah. <laughs> it's our best try. Um, yeah,
1: that's true. I don't. I I always because we at SCAD as a sequential artist, you're trained to do um, every part. So I know how to write, draw, color, ink, comics, and I forget that that's not super common in the comics industry actually like most people will kind of specialize and yeah that's true as a comic writer that's a very different convention experience
0: yeah um yeah there are some people that are uh do it all and i always feel like they could you know they it's great for great for them they could turn something around yeah and for us it's like okay we have to talk to rachel It's a big deal um i noticed in Looking you up, that you were actually interviewed about COVID.
1: I was. I also forgot about that. This is really funny. <laughs> yeah, I was on my way to get a tattoo, and these people randomly stopped me and were like, Can we interview you? I was like, Okay. Uh, yeah, I was just minding my business uh, trying to go get tattooed. <laughs> and then I was sort of ambushed um, by these very nice ladies who had a news camera. Um, and they, I think they were local. They were asking about, um, there was a plan. This is when I lived back in Auburn. I have since moved, thank God. Um, but they were opening up like a new vaccination, like clinic spot. And they were like, how do you feel about that? Is this good? How do you feel about the pandemic? And I was like, it's bad and people should get vaccinated. Yeah. <laughs> uh, basically. Um, yeah, no, I. that's funny. I didn't realize that that would pop up. I've never Googled myself. Maybe oh, I should Google you myself. Should.
0: <laughs> you should, there's a lot of secrets Apparently, out there. There's
1: all kinds of information yeah. out there. So
0: uh, we'd like to give everybody a chance to plug their business or what you're doing. So how would people find you, follow you?
1: I am redbird underscore makes on Instagram. And that uh, gives you access to my link tree, which is linked in my bio, um, which can take you to my Patreon, my Etsy page. I also have an indigenous cosplayers and makers group on Facebook that is exclusively a space for indigenous artists and cosplayers. Um, So there's not a lot of like indigenous specific spaces. Uh, especially in that kind of corner of of making things um but i'm Redbird Trade on etsy and you can find me at patreon.com slash redbirdmakes Um, i do have a facebook and a twitter i don't use it very often instagram is blatantly my favorite platform (laughs) um (laughs) if you want to see stuff that i'm doing that's probably the best place to check it out um i do take Custom commissions. I also sell all kinds of stuff. I also cosplay. I'm currently working on a Mandalorian for Star Wars Celebration. So I also post stuff about that on my Instagram. I sometimes post pictures of my cats um, when they're not bothering me. <laughs> <laughs> um, she's still got at least two hours before dinner time. It's nowhere close. Um, but yeah, so I'm on Instagram, Patreon. Uh, my link tree can has links to all those things and you can get to that through my Twitter bio as well as my Instagram bio um, it's link link tree they do the weird it's like link E yeah. <laughs> yeah. slash redbird makes um, but yeah okay that's where I'm at and that's what I'm doing okay great
0: well thanks for being on the show yeah thanks for having me I'm so sorry I
1: popped in a little later than planned <laughs> that's all right
0: So, thanks again for being on the show. Until next time, I'm David Hankins. I'm Paul Hankins. And you've been on the air with Power Squared. Bye!